0: hey josh uh, how's it going i just just got the class off to german lessons now so we're able to fit this podcast in on a tuesday morning so stoked to see you again thanks for getting up at five it's um it's been a good good week so far my monday has been good how's how was your monday and and the weekend actually
1: it's been brilliant man uh good to see you as always yeah i know it's uh it's starting to turn autumn here for sure it's Mm. cold it got down to zero the other day and uh I was just saying I was listening to uh your Monday meditations and I was really digging that. I was sitting in front of the fire. We we're having a crazy rainstorm. I was kind of blissed out um just typing and journaling and and actually I was going through some of the 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 vision and core value work that we were doing in the course and I was I was just really happy. So, no man, it's been a great week so far. It's only Tuesday. Um mm. but yeah, it's been wicked.
0: Yeah, autumn. I, I must say it's becoming my favorite time of year from as a south african summer was always the one you know go to the beach hang out go surfing and you know in cape town you don't really even have the seasons but here in germany it's very clear and this weekend it actually was noticeable all of a sudden this tree started really turning yellow i did a duathlon as i mentioned in the podcast as well and it was so it was just mud and yellow leaves it was it was dirty it was um I can't say really manly because there were a lot of women in there. And it was a sixty-year-old woman who actually kicked my butt in the try <laughs> in the 2 bro. With respect, I was like, Whoa. "There always is." <laughs> I know there's some <laughs> there's some pretty hardcore women out there, but it was it felt good. It felt good to get out there and be in the cold and the wet. But um, yeah, we are also getting ready for that. But um, yeah, talking about that, I mean, talking about doing manly things and, and those kind of things. There was a quote that you and I, I think that you shared with me, but that I've I've looked at before, which really looks at strength and in the current current culture and society at the moment there's a lot of discussions of masculinity manliness on both sides of the aisle and then you've kind of got people that are trying to go the middle road and look at what does it mean to be a strong man and and what happens when we are strong men and then obviously on the converse what actually happens when we decide not to sow into our strength so i don't know if you want to just hit us off with that Oh, just a small little topic. You know, let's,
1: let's just dive into the core <laughs> <Just> of masculinity.
0: <laughs> um, well, how dare we? <laughs> know, it,
1: it, it's an important conversation. Um, and I think it's kind of at the core of everything about who we are as men. Um, I remember a while ago, my wife and I had some really great, really great conversations because it's been, it's been fascinating. So I'm very pro-masculinity and have been working on that personally for a very long time. And my wife is a very um, outspoken feminist. And, you know, I had a few people kind of whistle through their teeth and go, oh, how does that work? I'm like, well, it works perfectly because we both want to learn and we both are open to ideas. And it's critical that we realize that both can coexist comfortably when you actually come at it with the right mindset, right? Of learning and growing
0: mm-hmm. and
1: bringing everyone up as opposed to one trying to push the other down. But it's funny, we were talking about this concept of, I think the quote was a Jordan Peterson quote, right? Which was, if you think strong men are dangerous, Mm -hmm. wait till you can see what weak men can do. Mm -hmm. And every time I see it, it shows up in my sort of various social media feeds from time to time. And every time I hear it, I, I almost get chills because it's so true. And, you know, in not to, you know, try to summarize a what was probably months long conversation with my wife and I, essentially what, what I tried to boil it down to is if you think of um, a spectrum or a scale of masculine energy, and I think the masculine energy is always there. It's ever present. And the analogy that I tried to use and I've used it often is, is think of like a fire hose that is fully charged. It is loaded with, with water and the pressure is just driving. Right. On one scale, which I think what people wrongly call toxic masculinity, but to me, it's it's masculinity unchecked. It is savagery. Right. It is. If you think about the, this fire hose now turned on and nobody's holding on to it, there's no control. It's mm-hmm. just whipping around and it's causing a lot of collateral damage. The energy that's coming out is genuine and pure but it's not focused. It's not doing anything other than hurting and hitting things and and really unguided. And then the other end of the scale is the person who refuses to ever turn it on, who is so afraid of stepping into themselves and expressing themselves in a masculine, healthy way that the pressure builds and builds and builds And then all of a sudden what happens, right, is that that hose can only take the pressure for so long. And then when you least expect it, it will explode and it will cause havoc. Those are the two ends that I think get a lot of attention. Mm -hmm. We all know about the guy who is crazy, who's savage, who's hurting people, who's destroying things, who is, you know, murdering and raping and doing all the horrible things that's getting a lot of attention, rightly so. But I think in this world of extremes, and we've always talked about, I hate extremes. The extreme to that is repress it all, repress that sort of masculine energy, our true nature. Well, when it explodes, that's when it explodes. And look, a lot of these, the men who are going out and doing sort of like they call it, and I'm, I'm using air quotes because it's ridiculous, like revenge killing of women and doing this atrocious stuff because they were, you know, turned down or because someone wouldn't date them or whatever. Mm-hmm. These are the people that are repressing that and you can't repress that energy infinitely. So when it explodes, it's even, and I think that's what, what Jordan is talking about when he says, wait till you see what weak men are capable of. It's almost more dangerous because it's even more unpredictable. It will eventually explode and and hurt anyone that's around it. So of course, what's the middle ground is having someone who is trained and strong, like a firefighter who can control that hose, who can control that powerful energy in a way that is healthy. And that's working out and having physical exertion, but that's also doing the deep intellectual work. That's understanding our primal nature and when to turn it on and maybe when to turn it down a little bit, where to target our energy, all those sorts of things. So to me, When we live in the extremes, when it's sort of this energy, raw energy unchecked, it's dangerous. When we repress it and we ignore that it's there, it's even more dangerous because then when it eventually explodes, no one's going to see it coming. So I think our goal as men and as fathers is to harness that energy and have a healthy outlet and and to use that in a way that's constructive. And then the real work is going, okay, so how do I do that? Mm -hmm.
0: Well, I think that you talk about the energy of of masculinity, but then there are also just the traits of a masculine man, you know, and how I understand masculinity. I mean, first of all, if I look in the dictionary, it's a pretty basic um, definition that doesn't include rapist and wife beater and so forth. Granted, it doesn't list all the positives, but the way I see it is that, like you spoke about that firefighter, right? It's like you need to be strong to harness that, which is also a masculine quality, if you understand what I mean. So the hose is the masculinity, but also the the controller of the hose is also an an agent of masculinity. And if that is weak, then once that comes up, like you say, you can just imagine like a scrawny, like five-year-old boy trying to control that hose, then it's obviously going to cause damage. If you've got a strong, um, self-controlled temperate, we call it in, in the Stoics things, someone who's Able to direct it, who is, is intentional in their mood? We talk about that. Who is present in the moment, watching how it is, using it to to um to do good, putting out fires, whatever. I mean, I talk a lot about. I talked before, actually, on a podcast a while back, is I talked about um tools, the tools that we use in the house. You know, it's like I can chop wood and make a fire, or I can take that axe to a door and start smashing it down. I can take it to a body and then we know what happens. But that thing can free someone from a car. It can free someone from something else. It's it's the use of these things. And so I I also, I, I struggle with this because I think that it's that old cliche of baby out with the bathwater. It's like, no, you don't have to. Just because it has shown up in these ways in history that have been negative doesn't mean, and I was telling you before we started this about that post on um, Instagram or that response to a post where they said like, uh, which, 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 um, which time in history do you want to restore the masculinity of when it was safe? And and my thought was like, okay, sure. You are obviously looking at masculinity from the perspective that masculinity colonized and built empires and enslaved people, but the same masculinity set slaves free, the same masculinity built houses, the same masculinity provided food for their children. So for me, it's always been a safe thing in the hands of a strong man when the man is weak. When the man is weak and can't control it then we've seen disasters as in the country i'm living in now i don't see hitler um for those that don't know i live in germany you know hitler's a great example of is that masculinity i would i would beg to differ that that is masculinity i would say that that is a is is a weak man where those things have been that toxicity has just come out and and then displayed itself and demonstrated itself in the most catastrophic catastrophic way
1: yeah, I think it's, it's, it's exactly it. And we, we cannot, as men, be obtuse to the reality of the destructive power of masculine yeah. energy when it's not harnessed properly, when it's either repressed and allowed to explode, or when it is just, you know, devil may care, let's see what happens. And, and, and I think then a lot of it is cultural right? This is where the work comes in. A lot of it is cultural. If you're not driving a massive pickup truck and you're not shooting everything that moves and having sex with as many women as you possibly can and cursing up a storm and starting fights in the bars, that's manliness. Well, no, it's not actually. It's, it's the, it's the least noble path of using that energy, but let's be real. And we have to own that is that is masculine energy but it's just masculine energy used by a weak man who was unable to control it. And so then I think rather than judging, <clears throat> we need to start looking as people in our work in our space, trying to help is how can we start to change the image of what a quote unquote tough guy looks like and start to guide that in a way that is constructive. Um, I think it gets dangerous when we start to ignore the destructive power of masculinity. Um, when it's not handled properly. But again, the answer isn't repression. The answer is control and healthy outlets. That's when this phenomenal energy can be harnessed. And and you're right. The masculine energy used incorrectly has started wars, but exactly to your point, it's also that same energy that has someone get off their couch or leave their job and go, that's not acceptable. Let's go deal with this. So, yeah, it, it's so easy to pick up the negatives of it, but we also need to then realize the phenomenal benefit that comes from this. When good men, strong men take what they've been given in
0: nature and go use it properly. Mm. Well, I mean, as a dad, it's, it's, I think it's important to kind of ponder on these things and think about them because I think it does, especially individually, When you know yourself, I think you need to recognize that that energy within yourself. And then, as you say, I think as a a dad and as a husband, you need to recognize how is this energy harnessed, like you've been speaking, in a way that then makes me a role model for my family, which makes me a strong father that can protect, can provide, you know, that can That can lead, that can be an example. And I don't mean lead because then when you say these things, people are, you lead your wife. And I'm, no, you lead together. That's exactly the thing. A, A strong masculine man is not afraid to share leadership with his wife, he's not afraid for her to make decisions. And that's when my little alarm bells ring, when I start, my ego starts getting in the way and I start seeing, oh, so this is the, this is the, what people would call toxic masculinity is when you think you have to defend your manliness because someone else is questioning you. And I think, And then that stops you from delving deeper into those areas that really start to heal us as men. And I think that's, that's for me, often the danger of this, this masculine, how would I say archetype? And I'm not saying it is the archetype, but there is one that you've talked about. And there's nothing wrong with owning the truck. I want to own a truck one day, just to be honest. I like going out chopping wood. I love to mountain bike. Like I said, I love getting dirty. I love all those things. But at the same time as those things, I don't just want it to be this beat king kong beating on his chest kind of look at me and i'm so manly without doing the deep work that lets me know why i need to bang my chest and show everybody how incredible i am or how strong i am
1: yeah and so i've been as i work with some clients that you touched on a really cool point that i i'm ironically i've been thinking about and i've been sort of mapping out a bit of a video that i wanted to do is some of the guys that i work with who are struggling to tap into their masculinity. Um, in a healthy way. They sort of expressed to me a fear of like, well, I don't want to give up all those things. I like to hunt. I like to chop wood. And to your point, I'm not really sure why, but I like to do those things. (laughs) I like to build things. And yeah, I live in a condo in downtown Toronto. um, But for some reason, I feel the need to have tools, (laughs) right? Why why do I keep buying tools when I live in a... (laughs) And I think there's a fear though, that like, One society's telling me that these things are wrong and they're so stereotypical and you're such a typical man. And they don't want to give that stuff up. And I want to keep reiterating to people: you don't need to give up those things that are fun and that are constructive as you journey through understanding, you know, who you are as a a man and as a human, getting in touch with your feminine side. I mean, that's important to note, right? Is we all have to have. A healthy understanding of both sides, right? I think a really balanced man—we talk about balance—but you know, a really balanced man also is in touch with his feminine sides. I think just like a a really balanced, powerful woman is also in touch with her masculine side. So there's this fear of like, if I'm going to do the work, if I'm going to start being introspective, I'm going to philosophize and I'm going to journal. I'm going to lose my my quote unquote man card and couldn't be further from the truth yeah. if, if in fact i joked with someone i said no you're not losing it buddy you're laminating it <laughs> you know, you're, <laughs> you're taking that main card and you're actually going deeper and you're understanding what does that mean what does it mean and yeah you can you can have vulnerable conversations and you can be in touch with your feelings and you can love your children and you can cry and then you can go out and you can hunt and you can chop stuff down and you can drive your car fast. You could do all those things that we love to do as men. And quite mm-hmm. frankly, sometimes I'm not entirely sure why we love them, but we do. But when we know the underlying sense of what's going on and also, you know, the guideposts of what are our responsibilities as men to do no harm, right? Yeah. Um, it's that interplay, but I think there is this sort of societal shaming of traditional masculine values and traditional masculine archetypes and the image of, mm. you know, the hunter, the the lumberjack, um, the firefighter, the police officer, mm. all of these sorts of archetypes are really becoming vilified. Yeah. And that's a shame um, because they they can, they, they necessarily coexist. I, I know, mm. you know, someone who exists in their mind only, but doesn't have a physical outlet Mm. they can be dangerous as well. To me, that's the whole repression thing. Um, It's like reading about something isn't the same as doing it. You have to go out and experience it. And Mm. so as fathers, it's critical that we have these outlets because look, I mean, we've all had days, you know, and we go back to this, but maybe you have a really tough day at work. You're stressed. It's all built up. You haven't been able to beller at that person who's been driving you crazy all day, or you haven't had an outlet or an opportunity to work the heavy bag or go for a run. So you're kind of jamming it down because society says, well, you're at work, you got to jam that shit down. And then of course you come home, your kid does something stupid. And what do you do? You bark at them, you bellow at them. It comes bleh, out of you. Mm. That's exactly what I'm talking about. And that's yeah. why it's, there's a, it's a direct connection to us as fathers. If we don't have that ability to have a healthy outlet, to be building into exerting ourselves, we can turn into the father who hits their children. Who's always <laughs> screaming or we can yeah. turn into the father who's really quiet and always calm and cool. And then one day they blow up and they will forever scar and scare the shit out of your kids because they don't know what to predict.
0: Mm. I mean, it's interesting because it's, it's, it's funny because even anger is something that has been used for good and can have a good outlet, you know, it's not, there's none of these, I think what, what we do to things is we label them. And I think what people are doing in society is that they're labeling something good or bad when actually that thing is ambivalent or has double meanings. It's, it's so obvious that this thing can be used for bad. Is that now an attribute we attribute to masculinity and manliness now? Is it bad? Okay. Men are angry and aggressive. Well, I'm, I'll, I would Look back into history when things weren't so safe and your life wasn't so comfortable, and you weren't able to just uh, um, order underwear on Amazon and get things delivered to your door, and the doctor was just around the corner. Then these masculine traits were the things that people valued. And only recently has this discussion started because we live in such a comfortable, safe environment. And so we think we don't need these things. And if I look at even policemen, people are even asking that question do we need police? Um, and there's that another saying is, you know, you only know what you got, to, you only know what you got when it's gone, you know what I mean? And I think when you take these people out or you, or you stop, stop seeing strong men filling those roles, that doesn't mean that a woman can't fulfill that role well as well. But I would beg to say that even those characteristics that makes the male firefighter successful is going to make the female firefighter successful. So we, what we're we doing is we're taking a, a, an attribute that can even be a female attribute, we're identifying it with masculinity and then when it's a man using it, we're seeing it as a negative thing. Yet we actually, if you switch on Netflix and you watch ninety percent of movies with a male lead, or you go to the movies, who are people wanting to watch? What movies do people want to see? What characters do they respect? Do they? Does anyone watch Braveheart and Gladiator and look at Maximus and and um, William Wallace and go, oh, you know, this is this terrible toxic masculinity? This is, you know, these guys shouldn't be doing this. Or are they looking at those characters and going? man, I wish I had a man like that.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, some might, um, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, but, they might be. You know, <clears throat> and I'm thinking about this as you're talking. I wonder, there's a couple things that came to mind. Um, and of course, you know, look at this police issue. And clear, it's clear to me there's an issue, particularly in the US and in Canada here as well. We have similar issues, and I'm sure it exists in Europe as well. I just don't have access to the news as much on a day-to-day basis. but. You know, there's a couple of things that came to mind. It, it, it's one. I think this is emblematic of our disposable economy mm. right now. Right, uh, the dishwasher stops working. We don't want to fix the dishwasher. We don't want to find out what's wrong with the dishwasher. We just want to throw it out and get something new. And that's very common in our world, right? You like this something... t-
0: dishwasher analogy. I think
1: you used it last week as well. But... Oh, shoot. Well, then we'll have to try something else. I seem, you know, I seem to be obsessed with the dishwasher, but, <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's this disposable yeah. m- mindset of if something's not working, just throw it out. So as we see something that's you know not working as well as it could, masculinity, let's just throw it out. Rather than doing the work to go, well, wait a minute. Inherently, this thing isn't bad. Inherently, this thing isn't flawed, but there are some challenges. Why don't we spend the time to understand it and maybe look to help not fix it is the wrong word, but, but I think in some circles we do have to fix how men are harnessing the power of masculinity because mm. there are a lot of shitheads out there. There just are, and we can own that as men. There yeah. are a lot of shitheads 100%. out there. So I think, I wonder if part of it is this, this throwaway mentality um, of, if it's not working perfectly, throw it out, and we'll try something new. And if that doesn't work, we'll, we'll throw yeah. it out. And to your point, we'll just order something new. Let's just throw out masculinity and see what else we've got. <laughs> but unfortunately, you know, you can have a little bit of buyer's remorse if you buy a new dishwasher or whatever. But we can't afford buyer's remorse when we throw away masculinity and try to replace it with something else to find out that that doesn't work. The consequences are too big. So you know, let, let's, let's be prepared as a society to do the deeper work. And it's harder. Mm -hmm. That's the other thing is, and especially look, there are a lot of really important advocacy groups. There's a lot of important change that people are trying to initiate in the world. Full stop. It's phenomenal work, but sometimes again, it feels too extreme. It's this is bad. Therefore it has to go as opposed to something's out of equilibrium here. How do we tweak this and get this back to where it needs to be? That's a harder question, Mm. I think. Acknowledging the thing that has caused you fear, that has caused damage, as being necessary, but ill-used. Like, fire is the analogy that I go back to all the time. It's like, look, fire burns people. It's been used for horrible means. It destroys homes. It It destroys property. But it also cooks our food. It boils our water and keeps us safe. It provides heat. To your point, fire isn't bad. If we have a a fire that ravages a town, we don't go, fire, fuck that. Let's get rid of fire. No, we go, man, we have to control fire. We have to make sure that we're using it in an appropriate way. We have to educate people on how to start fires safely and in a responsible way. That's the analogy that I think we need to be having a similar conversation. And I just worry about this disposable. I think a lot of men feel very disposable right now Mm -hmm. is I'm not sure how to add value. People tell me I'm dangerous. So I'm just going to shove that down and I'm just going to dispose of that energy. Mm -hmm. And that scares the shit out of me.
0: Yeah but I mean you know we we're coming closer to the end of this and I think it's important to discuss as dads and as men like how do we how do we look at this so we've talked a little bit about that but it's obviously what decisions do we make to then strengthen ourselves because I think it's we can debate about masculinity yeah. and its meaning and its definition and it's it's good but at the end of the day we want to be effective I want to see results I want to see myself being and this is the funniest part and the most ironic part is that when I think of the aspects that I most want to show, and I even looked at your core values, what were they? They were, they were things like discipline. They were things like being calm. They are things like being patient with my children. They are things like not complaining and actually supporting my wife when dishes need to be done and when it's a mess that I'm there and that I'm there to tidy up as well. And that's so funny for me because those are the things that I realize as a challenge to me sometimes. And those are the things that I want to use my masculine energy and my manliness to overcome. And that makes me know that it's good for me. That makes me know that getting up early in the morning and doing my workout and toning, um, tempering my body and doing a bit of um, cold work in the morning, go on the shower, get myself fresh for the day, step up for the family, um, learning to cook. I mean, it's all these little things that that might seem whatever, but it, all, it just makes me a more effective man, a more effective father. And I know that weakness... Weakness is not something that I want to add to my my arsenal. Vulnerability, on the other hand, yes, that's something that I've had to own up to, but that I find very masculine. That's where I really go, as I spoke about in the Monday meditations, is where I'm, where I'm not afraid. And that takes strength to go all the way back to when I was a little baby and phone my mom and say, Mom, listen here, man, I want to discover the roots of these things. Can we have a discussion about that? And then to take time to really delve into that. It doesn't feel nice at first, but once you do that, then the freedom that comes from that and the ability to heal whatever was wounded and whatever. And it's always interesting, Joshua, and I encourage you guys listening is that I always find that it's when I'm actually unmasculine or unmanly that I'm not showing up. That's what I feel. I feel that's not manly of me. When I look at the behavior of whether I'm shouting at my kids or having an argument with my wife, or I'm, or I'm saying that's not my job at home. That is, that is when I'm not showing up as a man and not showing masculinity. That is when I'm falling short of masculinity and manliness. And that let me, lets me know that at least my definition and my approach to masculinity as far as a father and a husband, I employ masculinity like that fire to heat and to warm and to cook, like that ax, to free, to, to build instead of breakdown, down. Yes. you know what I'm saying.
1: Yeah. Yes, 100%. And we are confusing the byproduct of unchecked masculinity as being masculinity itself. Yeah, and it's exactly. not and yeah, yeah. as I was listening to your podcast, and and to people listening, if you haven't listened to the, the that Monday reflection, and I'll get Tom to even relink it back up in the notes, it was a really powerful conversation. And I remember I mean, it was yesterday, so it was hard to remember <laughs> listening to it.
0: I'm glad you still
1: remember thinking <laughs> aside from just being proud of you as a friend that you went on that journey. And, and I thought this is this is the guy really doing the work. I said, this is what courage looks like. We talked about this, I feel like last week.
0: Mm.
1: We know what we need to do if we want to lose weight. We know what we need to do. What's, what's lacking isn't knowledge. And I think, you know, not to go back to last week, what we talked about, but where I think a lot of men think, I don't have the knowledge. I have to acquire more knowledge. And yes, there are certain understanding that we need to have of our emotions and our wounding and and even how to move physically in a safe way that we don't burn ourselves out. But let's be real. At our core, we know what needs to be done. I need to search out my emotions. I need to understand why I'm acting the way that I'm acting. I need to move more and have a physical outlet. We know those things. What's lacking is the courage to take that consistent action and go do the work where it's hard. If you're wicked overweight, it's hard to step into a gym. It's hard to slap on the the, the trainers and walk around the block when the fit people are blowing by you. That's hard. It's hard to sit with your journal and go, I'm not okay right now. I'm sad. I'm scared. I'm whatever. That's hard work. I think most of us know what needs to happen. Mm -hmm. Very few of us have the courage right now to go do the work. Look, we've all lacked the courage at some point in our life. I certainly have. But to me, that was the most critical thing is at its core, courage is what we require more of not more info, not more videos, not more podcasts, mm-hmm. courage. And and I really do want to applaud that, that that took a lot of courage to sit quietly in your vehicle for three hours as you're driving to the race. But more importantly, picking up the phone and saying, hey, mom, can we talk through something? So, you know, I, uh, anyway, I'll leave it there. But I think that was, remarkable work that you had done. Mm. And um, that's what I think is at the core of becoming mm. better men yeah. is more courage.
0: Yeah. And, and on that, to end on that note, you know, it takes courage to be a strong man and to follow strength and to grow strength. And I think it's too easy to dismiss it because it's easy to, to sink into complacency. It's easy to sink into ill health. It's easy to sink into a, a state of, of weakness. It is it is easier. That's why a lot of most men are weak. That's the problem. And when there's weak men, you know what happens to society and, and our families need us to be strong and it takes work and it's hard. And it doesn't just take hard work to be the macho, to get the muscles, to look the part. The hard work is inside as well. And I think that's, that's the key. It's like we talked about last week. Progress is not just surface. Progress might be on the surface, but I thought about this morning when I woke up, I thought, you know, I'm not really, I'm working out, I'm working out to get fit and do my triathlons well and to be stronger, but it's the mental and emotional thing that that workout in the morning does for me. It's what that, what endorphins that release. It's it's how it sets me up for the day. It's how it helps me show up for my family. If I'm working out and the next thing I'm just getting aggressive and I'm too tired at the end of the day, then I look at it and I go, well, that kind of behavior that's not that's toxic. That's toxic for my life. And why is it toxic? Because when I look at the cause and effect, I go, okay, I did this. This is what happened this is negative. It's not hard to look at a house that's been burnt down and go, well, that fire was pretty, pretty bad. But then when you look at my lovely steak that I made on Saturday and you look at that juicy piece of meat that I share with my family and we eat, we go, that fire, did a, that fire did a really good job. And I think that's what it's about. It's going, what are the results? And it's about being honest with yourself because you aren't me. I'm not you and we're not anybody else. And we all need different levels and different levels of things. It's not black and white. It's like you always say, it's in the grays. It's looking at yourself honestly and going, where do I need strength in my life? Where do I need more humility? Where is masculinity running rampant in my life? And where is masculinity really required for me to take that next step? Josh, yeah, I'd and- love to talk for longer, dude. You could you can end us off here because the kids are going to come back to class. No, <laughs> it's okay. Minute,
1: so and I and I appreciate it. So for the people listening. <clears throat> we're all at different parts of this journey and we're also at different parts of the journey, at different elements of our life. So to take that analogy, think back and go, where in your life, are you that hose whipping around causing havoc? Where are you in life that hose whose pressure is building and you just mm-hmm. need to tell someone something or do something, you know, reach out for help, know where to dial it back, know where to let it go and find the middle ground um, because is, the, is a healthy yeah amazing power in masculinity mm-hmm. when we can ditch the shame
0: and we can just use it for its awesome power. There's a school ball coiling time on us, Josh. Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it. Hope you guys are listening. Awesome. Hook us up on Instagram, on Facebook, wherever you are for that philosophy, Josh, kids at the door. Got to say goodbye. Have thanks, an awesome Tom. week. Ciao, dude.